podcast my name is brian and with me as always is my gardener dave dave how you doing today grow up brian (laughs) (laughs) i get it that's i get it (laughs) (laughs) grow the fuck up you asshole Dave and I also, uh, Dave and I also do the Nothing Important Podcast. You can find that at www.nothingimportantpodcast.com, where we talk to people and celebrities more famous than we'll ever be. Right, Dave? That is correct. We thank you for joining us. Make sure that you tell your friends, uh, share it on Facebook, share it on Twitter. Uh, make sure that you talk to us on Facebook and Twitter, all that good stuff, and keep listening because you can win a T-shirt. Several people have won t-shirts and uh we're looking to give out more i got a whole box sitting right in front of me of large size breaking bad and better call Saul t-shirts sent to us from the nice folks at amc so the only way to get them is to do whatever the hell dave and i say to do to get them and or uh, or or just do something maybe an awesome compliment or something really clever something an unsolicited insight that blows our minds will reward you for your own initiative (laughs) as well exactly dave and i always say thank you for being awesome so be awesome and we'll thank you with the t-shirt so here we go dave better call saul episode 205 dave the name of it is rebecca rebecca who is apparently that is chuck's wife uh ex-wife or do you think maybe they're still together i don't know i was gonna ask you that um i don't remember any references to chuck being married Mm -hmm. yeah it was kind of an interesting way to open the episode. We saw uh, Chuck kind of turning on the lights, and at first I really wasn't sure what was going on. I was like, is he, like, cured now? Or But then I was like, he looks kind of younger. <laughs> yeah, that, it, I, I noticed that, too. It was like, he looked kind of younger, but then I realized that it's bluish. Yeah, and, it had, like, that grayish-blue hue to it, right? And that, that usually signifies a flashback. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was... Uh, uh, one of the things that I think the series does good is that none of it is really too ham-fisted. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, because right. uh, it, it showed him having dinner with his wife or setting up dinner and talking to this lady that nobody's ever seen or heard of before. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it kind of leaves it up to the audience to try to put the pieces together before it actually uh, states what exactly is going on. Right. And plus, it's setting up this whole parallel mm-hmm. about the violinist Rebecca's dealing with and this whole parallel about morale affecting the quality of the product mm-hmm. with this violinist in her orchestra, I'm assuming or whatever. Yeah. And you know, Jimmy's involvement with HHM in the current day and morale being affected. They're drawing this really subtle parallel just throughout the right. dialogue. So the dinner that they're putting together is uh, for Jimmy, I guess Rebecca to meet Jimmy for the first time, which makes sense because they were kind of estranged a little bit while Jimmy was being slipping Jimmy, and then Chuck brought him to to uh, Albuquerque. So I, uh, at first, I didn't catch on that, but I'm like, oh yeah, I guess uh, I guess they kind of had a you know like a separation of sorts for a while. Yeah, as soon as he said, you know, like I apologize in advance, and they were discussing a a dinner guest, and like they had a, an out signal. Yeah, I was kind of putting it together that 
you know, Jimmy's coming to dinner after a, a period of disengagement. See, and that was another thing that kind of threw me off a little bit because I don't think he mentioned that was his wife until after Jimmy appeared. So I right. was like, wait, that's where I started thinking. I'm like, wait a minute, have they been together a long time? Is this, wait, nobody ever said Chuck had a wife. Is this Chuck's wife? Like, yeah, I was kind of, yeah, that was going through my mind as well. And it's like, but they had, but they had the closeness and they had the, uh, right. Um, like, obviously, chemistry. She's some, yeah, somebody important, but, but we had no clue who she was. Right. <laughs> you know, like, kind of makes it fun. That's what I'm saying. Like, none of it is overtly ham fisted. Like, a lot of it leaves it up to the discovery of the viewer, I guess. You could yeah. Say. And that's why people love this show. Yeah. So Jimmy knocks on the door. I did like that. He brings, he brought old style, old style, a little taste of home. Oh my God. Old, old <laughs> style beer. If you've never had old style beer, uh, do they still, is that what they sell at the Cubs games? Do they still sell that? I don't buy beer at sporting events, so I don't even know. It's all Bud I, and Miller. Oh, uh, I, I think or they Bud still, or Miller or whatever. I don't know. I think they still sell it at the Cubs games, but old style is a very Chicago beer. You just reminded me that um, I'm so glad I have not heard the old style commercials in maybe two years because they used mm-hmm. to have the worst, the worst commercials during every Cubs game. Really? Yeah, it's very, very Chicago centric. He brings the old style, and then of course Jimmy sits down and they're having dinner and such, and they're they're all classy and drinking wine, and he's drinking old style out of the bottle, which is the classiest way to drink old style. Old style is the <laughs> only beer that somehow it's more classy to drink it out of the bottle than it would be to pour it in a glass. It's the only, <laughs> it's the only beer where that is possible. And uh, if you guys uh, have a chance to pick up some old style, pick it up. You'll see what I'm talking about. It's not the worst thing I've ever put in my mouth, but uh, it's definitely not the tastiest. It's, it's, it's the, very. It's the worst beer you've ever put in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, that, no, old Milwaukee's best is even worst. Oh yeah, the Beast. You get old Milwaukee's best light. That's where it's at, man. Oh yeah, the yeah, beast, yeah, yeah. The, the Beast. Back in the day, <sighs> where it was like a case of beer for like eight bucks. That was like my jam, dude. That and Keystone Light, buddy. <laughs> the, the last time I drank the Beast, I slammed three of them and they came right back out, and not oh, another one God. has entered my body since. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, they're, they're having dinner, and the thing about this dinner was, is I wasn't quite sure what was going on because Jimmy is a very personable, uh, like, hey, I'm the center of attention kind of guy, like, look how charming I am kind of guy. Yeah. But in this particular scene, I couldn't tell if he was playing it up. It seemed almost as if he was like, intentionally more obnoxious than he typically would be did you did you get that feeling at all i got a little bit i was taking it as he's just trying to charm rebecca because he'd never met Mm -hmm. chuck's wife like this is meeting of his sister-in-law right right and he's just really schmoozing and and really plus he knows that it digs at chuck and he saw it so i think he did kind of play it up yeah, playing up. That's kind of what I got uh, out of it because I was like, man, that's that's a little obnoxious even for that character. Like, it seems like he's really kind of yeah. just going for it, you know? And, uh, but he, he seemed told, more focused on her. Like, he was just trying to, to impress her or, you know, like maybe feeling her, her out, seeing, you know, seeing where she's at with things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He starts telling lawyer jokes. Chuck isn't amused. I mean, they're kind of corny jokes, but I, I guess they could be funny if you're sitting there with a lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, I like, I like the way Michael McKean play that too, because his, uh, he, it was, it, I didn't interpret his performance in that scene as really being annoyed. I took it as he was just more, he just had disdain for the fact that his brother was maybe so comfortable in his skin and like, so willing to like be outgoing with people they hold dear. This seems to be like, you know, when you see a reflection of yourself in somebody else and sometimes it kind of, you don't like it so much. No, is that what I'm trying to say? Like, like <laughs> what's that? 
What'd you say? I said no. Oh. <laughs> Let me start that over then. Some sometimes you see somebody that has the qualities that you wish you had in yourself, but you don't really have that, and they're okay. That makes more sense. Okay. They're getting, you know, they get more out of it, so you get a little bit of jealous, and you get kind of irked by it. Mm-hmm. I think, and that's because this is a, another example of how Jimmy's smoozing can get him farther along with people than the hard work it takes to, you know, ah, achieve things sometimes. Good point. And I did like how they were sitting in the bed towards the end there. And uh, Chuck decides that he's going to go out on a limb and he tries to make a joke and he gets nothing but a pity laugh from his wife. <laughs> right. Which honestly, to me, that's a trope. I was expecting that. Like, okay, yeah. Chuck's going to tell a lame one. She's going to be, you know, not impressed. And then it's going to fade to black. Yeah. Because yeah. he's going to yeah. realize he's not as charming as Jimmy. That's why he works so much harder for things. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. And then I believe it was the opening. What was the opening this week, Dave? It was the uh, bench with the uh, ad on it. Mm-hmm. You know, which is the same up, as last season, right? Yeah, we, we bring this up every episode because last season it was fun just to kind of see the different, the different, uh, the different um, openings that they had from episode to episode. Because that's pretty rare that a, that a show would have ten different openings, right? And they cycle right. through them each season. Maybe there's something like small that's different. Or maybe there's going to be one that isn't the same coming up or something, you know. Yeah. Maybe the finale will be different or something. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, uh, it opens back up. We're in Davis and Maine's office uh, late at night. And uh, Jimmy putting in some late hours, and he's trying to get a hold of Kim. Still trying to make stuff right, apparently. Yeah, he, uh, he's he got a plan. And apparently he knows that Kim will still be there at midnight. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, f- I thought that was like, that's kind of late to just assume somebody's still working. Well, maybe but, he knew how it, how it went, you know? Cause well, they are seeing punished. each other. Yeah, yeah. So he would be privy to that info. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the first time we're introduced to uh, Aaron, or as I have in my notes, uh, the weird girl. <laughs> I put annoying associate uptight girl. <laughs> <laughs> So at first, I, I mean, uh, that was kind of odd, right? I wasn't really sure what direction they were going to go with mm-hmm. that on her first appearance. You know, like I didn't know if they were going to take like the lame, like, like uh, new associate lawyer, like tries to seduce like <laughs> the hardened <laughs> superstar, you know, new superstar of the of the agency or firm, I guess is what lawyers call their little clubhouse (laughs) the golden boys yeah 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 you know what i mean like i wasn't really sure where she was going at first but then she started correcting him about uh putting putting the recyclables in the trash can as opposed to the recycle bin oh my god yeah like that was that was a little it was a little uncomfortable for me honestly you know like i saw i saw that can in your wastebasket and like Right. She's well, like, she's like, it's a little too much. She's stalking him. Well, I had a, I had a couple thoughts on that. Uh, it, one, well, well, she was also talking about like the formatting, um, yeah. hostile that they use for their their notes in between. By the way, two mm. spaces after a period. You're goddamn right. It's two spaces after a period. It just makes the page look neater. Okay, so yeah, that might have been true back then, but actually now a lot of times uh, word processing systems already account for the two spaces. So if you put two spaces, you're putting double the spaces on there. Oh, so like four? Yes, because like the period (laughs) itself, 
<laughs> is one space, and then a lot of times in the font for the period character, they have two spaces. So if you add two more, you have four spaces, and then it's just fucking anarchy, Dave. Yeah, no shit. I mean, if God. anybody out there, if anybody out there wants to school us on macros and word processing programs for, uh, well, let's just say Windows. XP, I guess, would probably be the one that was out by then. Uh, first person to correct us on that and show us definitive proof of how many spaces are after a period when you when you hit period. I'll send you a uh, I'll send you a Breaking Bad T-shirt. How about that? I like it. Remember, only size large, and you have to be in the U.S. because I send these. Although AMC sent me a whole box of uh, T-shirts, I pay for the shipping out of my pocket, and I'm not going to send them to Zimbabwe or something like that. As much as I love our Zimbabwe listeners, uh, Ben from Australia, I love you, but I'm not paying 50 bucks to send you a T-shirt, bud. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so it, it was very odd. So a couple thoughts on that, Dave. Uh, one, the kind of thing that I, I thought funny was the can, the recyclable in the trash can. Ed Bagley Jr., plays cliff davis and uh, ed bagley jr is a huge huge environmentalist and proponent and uh uh not really rabble rouser but he's very vocal on the environmentalist scene activist activist there you go that's the word i was looking for and how did i I didn't that's a good call dude because i didn't put that together i was like i didn't even Mm -hmm. because i've been making jokes about the green and the simpsons jokes about it and uh, yeah. yeah, good good catch. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I wonder if he had a little hand in uh, putting that on there. And if we get him in, if we get him on the show, we'll be sure to ask him. But I wonder if that was yeah. uh, something he just wanted tossed in there. Uh, it it could be that, or it could be the writers kind of playing a little joke too, because he obviously has a great sense of humor. I mean, he's in Portlandia. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> so another couple notes is uh, well, we'll we'll get we'll get back to that later. Um, we'll get back to that later when uh this this uh woman's name is Aaron we find out but i'm not sure if we find that out till later or during this scene it's a little it's a little later i think it's the next scene or something okay so uh, i would have wrote her name down gotcha and i didn't well we'll we'll talk more about i did about notice it. that she says get her done though oh does she oh god yeah, <laughs> yeah meet me we'll get her done and i uh i rolled my eyes sorry well that was about the time larry cable guy was a thing right <laughs> yeah that's what that's why i rolled my eyes cuz i knew when, it was it's a larry timely cable- reference when Larry Cable Guy was also Tomater from Cars, as opposed to now where Larry the Cable Guy is just Tomater from Cars. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, my friend. Um, you know, the studio that we record out of Third City Sound in beautiful downtown Joliet, Illinois, there's a, a theater, Kitty Corner, called the Rialto. It's kind of famous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, on the marquee, advertising next month, Jeff Foxworthy and Larry the Cable Guy. Mm. So, yeah, still relevant. Yeah, well, hey, man, <laughs> look, like, whatever you think about the guy's style of comedy, the, the dude's the dude's making his money. He's found his thing. You know, good for him. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah right, who, right. That. Who am I? Who am I to shit talk that guy when, you know, like I'm not worth millions? I say if million. I could if I could ride a one trick pony all the way to the bank, I totally would. Oh, yeah. All right. So we're back in the uh, HHM cornfields. Kim's working late. She's ignoring Jimmy's call. And uh, Jimmy decides to stop by. Yeah, he's got some interesting ideas. Yeah, I don't really know where he was going ideas. with that. He he left. Well, in the previous scene, he left Davis in Maine because Aaron, Aaron the weird girl. <laughs> yeah, he just straight bailed on her. He's like, I'll like this. I'll meet you in the next room, and then he leaves. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just totally split on her. Right, he just kind of slipped out. Which I just, ah, which I just kind of laughed at because I was like, "Oh, that's kind of a dick move." But then we find out in the next scene when he goes and visits Kim at HHM after hours, uh, he he actually considered that quitting, like walking out. 
I didn't. I didn't get that. Really? Because he says uh, he. This is where Kim. He goes talks to Kim. Kim's kind of pissed off. Uh, Jimmy stops by, you know, and he gives her the whole, you know, like, hey, I can fix this. And she says, this is the Kettleman fiasco all over again. Mm-hmm. And then he says that he has an idea. And she fires back, well, I'm not suing HHM and I don't need you to save me. Right. I, I saved me. I got that. And the yeah. Whole, yeah, he, he wanted her to sue her own firm. Right. And what set and, all that off was his solution was like, well, because he was, he was kind of miffed that she wasn't happy to see him. And he was just like, well, I, I quit Davidson, Maine. Did he say that? Yeah, he said it right here, unless I wrote that down for no reason. But yeah, he says he quit Davis and Maine. I didn't hear him say he quit Davis and Maine. Okay, totally, he did. Because he showed up the next day. Right, because she said she, she set him straight. And it's like, basically, what the hell is that going to solve? That's not saving me, and I don't need you to save me. I don't. Yeah, look it up. Look it up. <laughs> you got to look it up. <laughs> I don't have to prove it. Look it up. <laughs> I can't Google it. It's not on the air yet. Look it up. <laughs> I swear to God, he didn't quit his job. Dumber than you are. That's huge, dude. This is going to make me look like a bigger idiot. Yeah. So, no, for real, though, he did. He quit. He even says, he's like, I, and he kind of sheepishly says it. And he's like, uh, I quit Davis in Maine. And she was not impressed by that at all. She was kind of actually like, oh, well, well, thanks a lot, dick. Like, that's even actually worse because now you look at now everybody that stuck their neck out for you, you may look like a huge fucking dickhead. Look it up. (laughs) Oh, man. I don't know. Okay. Yes. Totally happened. See, this is going to be the cactus thing all over again, Dave. I can see Twitter, Twitter blowing up. But I did take away with this that jimmy's starting to think that maybe it's not really about chuck maybe chuck isn't extorting him which is why he didn't take the bait before mm-hmm. they're kind of yeah. planting that seed yeah and and i realized and the scene where chuck's grabbing his wrist in the last episode or a couple uh-huh. episodes ago or whatever yeah that um he did he asked howard he's like what are you gonna do and i thought i didn't realize how important that was but mm-hmm. it's totally howard's call to put her down in the cornfields yeah, that's so a good. Jimmy's, that's a good point. Jimmy's way yeah. off on this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the next scene, we're back at Davidson, Maine, and I was surprised that Jimmy was there because as it was panning through the office, I thought it was going to be a scene where they're wondering where the fuck Jimmy went, and that was going to cause some sort of shit storm. But no, it's actually Jimmy going back on his idea to quit, and he meets Aaron there, and he starts trying to make up excuses as to why he wasn't there or why he left. Some sort of weird medical excuse. I forget what, what did he say was his um, medical. Well, when, when he returned to work the next day from the job, he didn't quit. Um, he told Aaron that uh, he had gastroesophageal reflux disease, or yeah, that right, yeah, or GERD. <laughs> right, like and, he uh, had to gird up his loins when mm-hmm. he quit his job. Apparently, right, and uh, Aaron doesn't buy that shit either. <laughs> like she, oh she's no, just completely. No. She, She's just completely she, unimpressed and is just kind of like, hey, can we get back to work? She She's a second-year associate that gives notes to a fourth-year associate. She's a sharp chick. She's a yeah. top for a game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, going back to that, I did I did like that little exchange where uh, where Jimmy tried to pull rank on her a yeah. bit, and, uh, and she kind of wasn't swayed by that at all. No. And she's then like, he's no, like, I'm, not, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just saying your notes could look better if you used the house style or the house style. Right. <laughs> That's just that's just the way we do things here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like Dave Absolutely. has to get something terribly wrong in every fucking episode lately. 
So anyway, she doesn't buy Jimmy's excuse. The door closes and Jimmy is back to work. I think he quit Davis and made for a grand total of probably eight hours. So not not the uh, the most triumphant of stands, but a stand nonetheless, I guess. Well, he quit <laughs> he, he quit like a ninja that nobody even knew. so we get to this uh little scene i i wasn't sure what was really going on at first where uh, kim's doing the stick-up notes on the windows and uh, she's just apparently networking and working contacts but unless unless i missed something it didn't really say what the hell she was doing that for at first i picked it up pretty quickly that she is trying to do what jimmy did yeah she's trying to secure a large account yeah, um, to get ahead because instead of working hard, she saw Jimmy just kind of get a large account and get a partner track. So she figures she could do the same thing. She's back mm. on track. Yeah, see, that's very uh, that's very astute of you, Dave. I did not I did not catch that at first. I kind of thought I don't know what I was thinking, but I was like, oh, this is intriguing. Like, why is she doing this? For some reason, it never right. clicked, and I'm like, okay, she's obviously networking and working clients. And I thought maybe at first, like, she want she was like searching for another job. I did think like, that at first. At first, I thought another job, but then there's something in the dialogue. I didn't write down specific dialogue, but it came out in the dialogue that she was just like trying to connect with another law firm. Is what I was mm-hmm. thinking at first. And uh, try and get in, you know, some big cases together. And then, unfortunately, she uh, keeps getting hit on instead of uh, getting job offers. Yeah, well, she is uh, <laughs> she is an attractive lady for sure. <laughs> I know the feeling, Kim. I know the feeling. We finally see Mike for the first time. Uh, he's on the phone with Stacy and his little in the in the Mike booth. Yeah, for good reason because he is. F- messed up yeah i love that he used a car accident as a reason as to why his face was all busted yeah gonna get airbags in the next one yeah (laughs) (laughs) um and then jimmy starts humming the rocky theme at him that's that was funny oh i didn't catch that did he really yeah he's in the the, you know it's like this is my babysitter or something and he's like you know uh (laughs) (laughs) it's totally the rocky theme that's awesome. I, I didn't know that. That's great. That's the good catch. Good catch. Good catch. See, um, for everything I get wrong, mm-hmm. I get I get two right. Yeah. So <laughs> he, is is this the first time? This is the first time he's been back at the courthouse since he initially turned down Davidson, Maine, or at least the first time that we've seen. Yeah, that's I yeah. Think. Yeah, I didn't realize that, but that's true. That's um, I think that's the first time. Is that the first time he's talked since he uh, I'm not going to let that happen like this season. Yeah. Yeah, well, first time we, we've seen him back at the courthouse anyway. But he must have been there more because he was there with Aaron, the babysitter chick, and because um, he was trying to bribe the woman behind the counter with a beanie baby, and she pulls it back and saying that it was a bribe, and he's like, no, I'm just kind of greasing the wheels. And she's like, mm-hmm. no, that's a bribe. Those freaking millennials and their rules, man. Yeah. Yeah. Stickers. I don't Yeah. <laughs> I like how he said that he won't get it. He said, don't worry, he won't get in trouble. And she's like, I'm not worried about you getting in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that is the first time he's been back. Um, and he he runs into Bill, the uh, the Petty with the Prior guy. See, I was thinking that. I wasn't sure if that was the Petty with the Prior guy. I thought it was a different yeah. actor, but I don't remember no. his name from the first season. No, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's the, that's the same guy because... I'm pretty sure that's the same guy. Remember, he always met him in the bathroom, and he yeah. was kind of surprised. Like, he kind of had that sure. attitude. And yeah. The, the attitude translated. You know, oh, you must have a sick office, and you must have a sick yeah. car. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was all, all of a sudden it's all envious. Jealous. 
Yeah, envious and, and impressed. <laughs> and he's like got that. Actually, my note was kind of douchey. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's got vomit on his shoulder again. Yeah, I like how uh, I, I like how it goes on. Actually, here's my thing: is at first it sounded like he was really impressed, but then as it went on, it seemed like he was almost uh, butt hurt. Not, yeah, like not vengeful, but more kind of like I can't believe He's this jealous. asshole fell into this. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I guess, I guess to varying degrees. Like, I guess at first I thought it it, it How about stemmed this? from. I at first I thought it stemmed from some admiration, mm. but then as it went on, it became obvious that it actually came from a little bit of disdain. <laughs> Let's okay, yeah. I was gonna yeah. say it, it, as he spoke, it got a little more tinted green. Right, yeah, <laughs> exactly. He cared less and less. He's like, because every time uh, Jimmy would try to talk to me, like ask him just another asinine question. It's like, oh man, they give you a car. I'm like, yeah, it's a pretty nice car. Like, oh, Beamer. Like, <laughs> start throwing out there. He's like, he's like, what? They put you up in a place. And he's like, well, yeah, they have corporate housing, but that's not. Nice. He's like, oh, that's got to be nice. <laughs> like, <laughs> what did? Didn't he mutter something on the way out or shake? Yeah, his head? lucky bastard. That's what it was. I didn't write yeah, that on the down. Way out yeah, the door, lucky, lucky bastard. bastard. Yeah. <laughs> is it luck though because it's his personality that gets him there no man luck uh what what is it luck is when opportunity uh, meets preparation yeah there you go yeah i mean and uh what, what can you say slipping jimmy's always on my friend he's always prepped ready to go yeah, absolutely and, and just think it real quick with uh jimmy's relationship with this new uh this aaron girl mm-hmm. just going back to that that's something i can actually relate to in uh, real life, like, you know, like I, I'm not like uh, like an executive by any means, but relatively speaking, you know, I hold an OK uh, title distinction for my field. You, of you employment. have people under you. Yeah. You yeah. have people under you. And that's that is kind of what I consider a legit position. Right, you're responsible right, okay. for other people. <laughs> right, right, right. So uh, as I was watching this girl, it totally reminded me of. Um, so at, w- at one point I was working downtown Chicago. And, uh, and I had this job and I was really excited about it and ready to, to run with it. But from, although I didn't cause any of it, cause it was literally like my first day, they assigned me like a babysitter and it wasn't like, <laughs> it, it, it wasn't like, um, like training. Right. And it wasn't, it wasn't training and it wasn't somebody just to show me the ropes. It was literally somebody just to babysit me almost as if they were like, Okay, well, we hired this guy who's a little different from our typical candidate, so we're going to try to turn this guy into our typical candidate, in which uh, case, like, it was a bummer for me because I was like, well, why, why did you even hire me? It's like bowling with bumpers on. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, like you're going to get the strike, but it's just not as satisfying. <laughs> right, right. So I can see where... I can see where Jimmy's coming from is that, you know, because he, he kind of wants to be unencumbered a little bit because he feels that he's kind of proved himself, and now he mm-hmm. has this anchor who... If things ideally worked out the way that they should, there, there's no reason she should even be able to question his decisions. Right. But even though she's lower on the totem pole, somehow she holds sway for those above him on the totem pole. And I could totally understand where that's coming from. Because she is more entrenched in that particular system. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he, may, he may even know more about the law in general, but as far right. as that particular entity goes, she's kind of nudging right. him and guiding him and being an uptight right. uptight person and, about um and like jimmy i quit uh really soon after that bullshit started except for unlike jimmy i didn't go back the next day i just flat out quit after like <laughs> two months <laughs> but did you tell anybody or did you just walk out and never show up again 
Uh, no, this is what I said exactly. I, I called my boss and I'm like, you know what? Um, I'm like, a job for me to work, it has to be fun. You've made this absolutely no fun. I'm giving you three-week notice. My last day is this. I will not show up after that. That's also how I can see Jimmy being eventually. This is just no yeah. fun to play it this way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Got to have know, fun what you're doing, man. I can, I can see where, yeah, exactly. I can see, I can see where he's coming from. So speaking of job parallels, uh, this next scene is, uh, kind of how I feel sometimes about <laughs> <laughs> trying to get a job and just getting rejected over and over again. Well, what, what scene are you talking about? Uh, Kim, it goes back to the montage with Kim and the post-its again. Okay. Yeah. yeah I just want to make sure we're on the same page. Yeah. Right. So she's, she's back working the phone, working contacts, yeah. right? Contacts just- calling people. Just hustling and hustling and, and trying more and more and more and more. And there's a song playing in the background. Um, did you catch the song? Because I'm sitting here, and it's not in English, so I'm trying to pick up the melody. Mm-hmm. So I, yep. I actually shazammed it. Oh, did you? And figured out what it is. But if anybody wants to tweet us the answer, I think that deserves a Better Call Saul t-shirt. All right. Well, we'll, we'll send it out. So if you first person to send us the answer. The, we'll the, name, of the, the name of the song, uh, it's a cover. Mm-hmm. So the name of the song, the original song, and the band that did it. Mm-hmm. See, I knew the, uh, I knew, I knew the song right from the get go, like from the first five notes. Believe it or not, yeah, I was like, oh, that's that's cool. Yeah, it's a it's a recognizable <laughs> melody. I mean, I, I was sitting there singing it, and I just it, and when I shazammed it, it was like I actually thought of it right before I read it. Mm-hmm. It finally hit me. But yeah, gotcha. All right, cool. Well, that's another way you can win a uh, win a t shirt. Let us know. Kim keeps working, working, working the phones, working the phones, doing that thing. Songs on in the background. Of course, she can't hear it, but we can. And she finally gets a call back from Paige, which is funny because she's sitting down in the cornfields, uh, so to speak, just kind of doing her document review and the phone rings and uh, just uh, useless trivia. The phone rang four and a half times before Tim was a- Kim was able to pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why I started counting the rings, but it was four and a half times, and then Kim was able to pick up the phone. Maybe it's because most phones stop after five, so this was the last ring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that was the suspense in it, because the whole time I was, I was like, voicemail's going to pick it up. <laughs> like, I was totally thinking that the whole time. I'm like, oh, she better get that voicemail. Like, do the thing where you can't answer the phone, but you don't want it to go to voicemail, so you hit answer, and you're still like running to a place where you can talk. Right. So it's still like five seconds before you can speak, and you're like, hold on. Hold on. I just couldn't. Yeah. Like, hey. <laughs> I just so, got outside. As, as yeah. someone who works uh, part-time in a machine shop, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do that all the time. Yeah. Uh, I love that scene. She Because it, it kept showing her through the through the different montages of her trying to work contacts. It kept showing her going back to the, the parking garage mm-hmm. and, like, working on the bottom floor of the parking garage and various spaces around um, – around uh little secluded Hamlet. spaces where you can't be noticed because at one point like some people walked up on her she had to relocate yeah 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 totally yeah yeah she's trying to keep it under wraps uh but i did like the framing of when uh she finally gets a call from Paige, and we don't hear the other end of the conversation we just kind of mm-hmm. hear her excitedly setting it up but it's like pulled way back right right you know and then you see her uh, but like, don't rest. don't don't actually back up from the microphone when you do that though okay and then she kind of pulls back you just did it. <laughs> you can't stop yourself. That's funny. Sorry. And then the, and then the camera pulls back and uh you know she pauses, takes a deep breath, like woo and like does like a little victory dance. She does the uh I, I call it the um the Willie Mays Hayes from Major League. 
Yeah, totally. When he finds out he made the team and he goes outside to celebrate. <laughs> yeah. Then she kind of composes herself and walks back, uh, presumably. See, again, I still wasn't sure what exactly was going on. So I was like, oh, okay, she got she got like an inspiration. Uh, like at this point, I was still like, oh, okay, well, maybe she's uh, still trying to find a job and somebody finally called her back. And then the, my thought at the time was like, okay, this is going to give her leverage to go back to Howard and be like, uh, yeah. get, me out, get me out of the bullpen or I'll bounce. That's what I was kind of thinking too because my note says she celebrates. Yeah. That's all yeah. I wrote. She celebrates whatever the phone call was was good. Time lapse to the next day. Oh yeah, that was that was beautiful now I think about it. That uh, yeah. Albuquerque. See like I, I live in the city so I'm kind of spoiled by the sights and sounds of the city. Oh, sunrises uh, in the uh, sunrises in the desert are pretty dope, dude. Yeah, yeah, it, it looked beautiful. I I've, I've been to the desert before. I guess I just never sat through a whole like day night cycle. Unless of course you're counting like the desert in like Vegas of, or like Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time because if you stand long enough every eight minutes a new day night cycle goes <laughs> so as a, when you're when you're in uh, the Kuro Kuro village or whatever whatever it is uh, so anyway so time lapse to the next day and we see that uh, Paige and her boss are um, coming to meet with Howie and Kim I loved Howard's pose that was awesome he walks up and then just makes that Superman pose right at the last second. Oh yeah, yeah, you like arms that? kind of yeah, like yeah, like not really trying to be imposing, but like I'm here kind yeah, of yeah, like this is yeah. my show. Welcome to my building. Paige and Kevin arrive. Uh, you know, Howard's standing there like you said. You know, like all buffed up, ready to rock. Kim's there, all excited and trying to keep herself composed. They go back and forth with the uh, the minutia. And you know the uh, the courtesies or whatever back and forth and small talk, uh, pleasantries, small talk, yeah, pleasantries. There you go, pleasantries. And Howard starts talking about how he was little that he had uh, a checkbook from that bank, and Mesa, I noticed that Mesa Verde, the bank, Mesa, Mas, Mesa Verde, the Mesa Verde bank, and uh, on the checkbook they described that there was a silhouette of a cowboy and a cactus. And I thought, Oh, Dave, there's a cactus just for you guy. <laughs> no, see what my notes say. There was a cowboy on horseback standing next to a garage. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh did you notice that Kim and Paige are wearing the same thing? Are they? Yeah. Dark blue pantsuit. It was like, yeah, there was like, they looked like they were the almost exact same thing. Oh, Huh. Which I don't know if maybe that was some kind of uh, well, maybe it's just like a professional. I don't know if that thing. was some kind of subtle hint at the next uh, line or the next part of the scene. What is the next part of the scene? They they just talk about how they can do business, right? Yeah. Well, then they leave, and then right, Kim's talking it, to, and then Kim's talking to Howard, and she's like, you know, I guess I'll get started on on working on doing leg work, and Howard's like, yeah, we'll put Francis on it. You uh, still have to a lot to do in doc review. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like the outfit being the same as in like this didn't change anything. Like Kim's no, still where she's at. That's a deep way of looking. I want to make sure I didn't miss that because I was like, I don't remember them actually talking about because it, it kind of had like a like a weird edit there, right? Like it it didn't show really their conversation, just kind of the pleasantries, and then it was like, okay, well, I think we could do work together. They shake hands and then yeah, like they they meet and then it, it cuts and it cuts to them leaving. So they cut out the whole interaction of what's actually going down. Right, and then they're right, on their right. way out. And then Howard, you know, starts to show that maybe he is really the asshole in the situation. And then <laughs> yeah, the camera but... pans out to a lonely shot of Kim just standing there with her, yeah, you know, with her thumb up her. <laughs> like, uh, where do we go from here? Up. It's Kim just standing there, like, 
wondering what's next because this didn't work. Yeah, didn't it did not pan out for her at all. Uh, Howard heads to Chuck uh, and uh, starts talking about the size of the contract, and Chuck seems really, really impressed that it's months, maybe even years, of worth of business. Yeah, huge contract by Kim, and, and she's still down in the cornfields, man. Yeah, this is really this is I guess I don't know if a little more ham fisted, but it really cements the fact that it wasn't Chuck's decision to put her down there because he says mm-hmm. this is it, she's back on track now, right? She's out of the doghouse. Yeah, and then Howard that look. That meaning, I said, he's like, we'll see. And then there's a hell of a meaningful look, is what I put down. <laughs> yeah, well, he, I mean, he's, uh, well, like she said in the previous episode, you know, he he really stuck, put his reputation on the yeah. line for Jimmy, and, you know, he made Howard look like a complete dickhead, and who's the one responsible for that? Kim. Right. So, I mean, I think I think this is uh, it, when when we first met Howard, and everybody thought he was the asshole in the first season. The context was is that he's just an asshole because he just doesn't like Jimmy. Right. And he's just kind of a douche and a prick. Right. But this time around, uh, I, I'd probably react probably pretty similar. Like if 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 I got screwed oh, yeah. over like that, you know, like you work oh. hard to build. Charlie Hustle, man, he 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 really liked Jimmy. He he, he really believed in him, and and you know he yeah, calls him Charlie Hustle, and and a lot uh, of disappointment and betrayal there, you know. Yeah, disappointment is the appropriate word. Yep, absolutely. Then we see Chuck. He actually heads into um, Hamlin, Hamlin, McGill early in the morning. At first, yeah. I wasn't sure if it was late at night or early in the morning, but uh, well, Ro- it, Rodolfo was shutting everything down. Yeah, so I assumed it was the end of the business day. Right, but you know, he, he must just work overnight to clean everything. It was the uh, beginning of the business right. day. Or it was actually like, the beginning right. of the business day. He was actually shutting everything down because Chuck was rolling up in his yeah. little Mazda sports car. Yep. Chuck runs into Kim, and he's kind of surprised to see her. And Yeah, uh, he thinks, oh, you're working early too, huh? Yeah, what, what I liked about that, though, is um, he kind of asked her to make him coffee as if she was some sort of lackey. I was I was actually debating that because he did kind of seem like it, and then he says, "Well, you know, I can't do it because of the power." So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't know. He, he didn't want to insult her. I don't. I think he tried not to treat her as a lackey, though. Oh, really? You See, know, he's I, so I used thought, to having like an intern do it, but well, he, he he was trying to stress him, like, I, I I want you to do this because you know I don't I can't use a coffee machine. Right, like, and and well, that's what I'm saying. It's like from his point of view, it doesn't seem like it, but she totally saw it as. Well, I, I'm his lackey, and then he tries to pull it back, and he says, "Why don't you make it two? Mm-hmm. Okay. But at that point, damage done. <laughs> you know, like right. Because then her point of but view from I would think on, in this situation. Sorry to interrupt you, but I would think in this situation she kind of expects that. You know, he is way superior, and she does yeah. have to kind of kiss his ass. I know, but she's already feeling like she means nothing to the firm because she just landed them a giant contract and nothing, like the needle didn't move at all. Oh, yeah. See, no, I forgot about see? that. There's, there's see, these feelings involved with the, yeah. Right. Okay. So she's already deflated. Mm-hmm. You know, she's working late at night. Chuck comes in and the first thing he does really yeah, is to give me some small coffee. talk and can you get me some coffee? And then she's visibly dejected and mm-hmm. he says, why don't you make it two? And then and I was like, okay, well, that asshole is just saying that because <laughs> because he's, he's either trying to make me feel better or he's or uh, you know he wants to talk to me about something. Yeah, that's the way. When now that you say that, that yeah, she looked dejected. And he's like, why don't you make it two? Which is an obvious setup for we're about to have a conversation. Right, and then if you're, if you're in that feels, mind frame, he feels that Kim is being shit on. 
Right, but her mind frame is like, oh, great. Well, now he's going right. to have a fucking talk with me about how shitty I am. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because we're the only two in the office, and this is the most opportune time to do this. It's one know? of those situations where the audience knows what's going to happen, but the two characters mm-hmm. are, are on different you know, wavelengths. Yeah. But she was she was pretty bold about him, you know. It cuts to uh, Kim and Chuck having coffee, and she just flat out asks him, uh, "Do I have a future at this firm?" Brass tax, baby. What's going yeah. on? <laughs> yep. And Howard, it comes out that Howard blames Kim for what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yep. Uh, and and Chuck decides just, to regale her with a story. Yeah. Well, first he he just explains it, you know, like oh. uh, you know uh, Jimmy is just kind of this is what he does, you know. He he left, uh, you know. Me and you holding, or he's left me holding the bag several times, and then he did it to you, and now he did it to Howard. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. he's not a. He even says he's he's not a bad person. He he just can't help himself. Right. Yeah. He tells a story about the grocery store. Right. And, yeah. Uh, you know, he, there's fourteen thousand dollars gone, and his dad wouldn't accept it. And right. His dad is like, like, oh, not my boy. Not right. <laughs> not well, my see, Jimmy. This, this brings me to something I wanted to discuss because before you had the example of uh when the commercial came up and you, you said you know, it's like when you tell your kid not to put something in the freezer mm-hmm. and he does it just because you told him not to right yeah see my, my thought was more like it, in that situation with the video it was when you're talking to somebody and they say like yeah you know maybe that's a good idea and you just take it and run with it you know like as soon yeah. as somebody opens the door for you to do something you you take advantage of it and you go too far with it okay but then this story comes out, and no, Jimmy just can't help himself. He just, he just does what he does, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? And, we, and we've and we've seen a we've seen a precursor to that in the light switch of the first episode of season two. Remember, yeah. it said don't flip the light switch. So the first thing he does is flip the light switch. Exactly. Or much like Master Shake uh, to Frylock in Aqua Teen Hunger Force when Frylock says, "Don't put that wet towel on my computer," and Frylock or and Master Shake replies, "I'm gonna." Much like that. <laughs> <laughs> One. I, uh, hey, everybody. It's my, my daughter, Penelope. Come here, Nellie. Hi, Dave. Hi, Nellie. All right, everybody. This is my daughter, Nellie. Say, hi, Nellie. You don't want to talk on the microphone? Okay, well, I guess we could finish off the show. Uh, my daughter's going to sit on my lap for the rest of it. Is that okay with you, Dave? That's fine with me. All right. Awesome. <laughs> I wanted to note in this scene, the I love the sound design of the spacesuit. I don't know. Okay. Like, every time you move, you hear it crinkle. <laughs> oh, gotcha! Yeah, it's like uh, it's very satisfying. It's like, yeah, I like the sound <laughs> yeah. design in this show. You know, it's something I obviously more and more pick up on. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just there's certain things in the show that uh, that grab my ear. Gotcha. In a good way. Yep. Uh, we go to the final scene. It's oh, but Mike I want. Oh, I also want to note that Chuck actually acknowledges Kim. All right, go ahead. I, I just wrote that down. Chuck acknowledges Kim. <laughs> He he, nice. he 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 let her know that he believes in her, which awesome. is odd to me because she's seeing his brother that he has no respect for, and sometimes you judge people about who they keep their company with. Hmm. Quite. I agree. <laughs> ah, you did it back to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the final scene, we have Mike in the uh, the Breaking Bad diner. I forget what the name of that diner is. Do you remember what the name of that diner is, Dave? No, I do not remember the name of the diner, Brian. Okay, well, Mike's in the diner, same place that he met uh, the Kettleman's in as well in season one. Um, and he's uh, enjoying his coffee, and a gentleman walks up 
and sits down with him. And it turns out that it's uh, Tio Salamanca. Tio Salamanca. Yeah, didn't you call that he would be back in it? Didn't we do that before the season started? Yeah, I, I uh, definitely. I remember mentioning him recently. Right. So he's back on. Uh, he he shows up with just kind of like a cool Easter egg, just showing how entrenched uh, everybody is with each other before the events of Breaking Bad. And how and how much his health has failed him in the next six years? Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought too. I, you know, I was kind of looking for, um, like maybe they'd add in some like minor shaking or something to like kind of act uh-huh. as like a precursor to his ailment and Breaking Bad. But I didn't really see any no. of that. He seemed to be in relatively good health. Yeah, just uh, just kind of older. Yeah, about it. And he just he uh, he kind of gives his pitch to Mike. Let him. Mike never um, concedes he is who he is. However. Uh, Tio just kind of puts it out there like, I know who you are. I know you're an ex-cop, and they're going to be more lenient towards you uh, than they are uh, for Tuco. So why don't you uh, why don't you say that the gun was yours, and uh, and that'll decrease Tuco's sentence, and that'll you know I could pay you for that. I'll make it worth your while, five thousand bucks. For for one thing, I didn't pick up on the fact. For one thing, I didn't pick up on the fact that he called Mike out for being a cop. Yeah, that's a he good said, catch. He said, yeah, yeah, he said you're an ex-cop. Uh, yeah. Or I be, didn't put you know put be... it together that Mike hasn't thrown that out there. Yeah, no, Mike I don't think his... Nacho knows. Right, he kept his right. cards to his to his chest. You yeah, know, he, so he, there's he... somebody peeking over his shoulder, looking at his hand. Yeah, you know, so now he's got to be even more careful because somebody knows he, they know who he is. Right, he's being he he's known. He's a known commodity now. Yeah. And that's yeah, not a exactly. good thing in the crime game. No, exactly. And my um, my last note is um fuck with three exclamation points. <laughs> Cuz that's just the that's that was Mike's look at the end just oh. Yeah. But he I mean I I took a zen look as he was mulling over is it worth $5,000 to take the rap for the gun and what what's that going to how how is that all going to play out? Is it worth it to him? Because now he can either they know who he is, so either he can uh, he can either uh, not take the five thousand dollars and he's kind of in trouble, or he could take the five thousand dollars and that would probably blow and the he's lid in, off. He's in trouble, right? Yeah, it's a damned <laughs> if you do, damned if you don't situation. Right? Yeah, that's why I put that last note because he's he's mulling it all over. He's just he is in a tough position. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right, Nelly? Say right. Right. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So overall, uh, episode, man, five, halfway through, Dave. What did you think about episode five of season two, Better Call Saul? The slow burn continues. Yeah. Um, I'm actually kind of thinking that you may be right about the Jim and Kimmy thing. Like Maybe this will be the thing that leads to them breaking up. It's Mm -hmm. just going to take the whole season to get there, but it's this one instance that caused it. But it might yeah. be, you know, we still have half a season left to go. We're at the halfway point. And right. uh, I think it's just going to kind of keep slowly going down. Right. And again, I I can't seem to get the ha- a handle on the pacing of the show because I think I mentioned last week, it seemed like the first half hour went by incredibly fast. And then the second half hour went by incredibly slow. And in this one. Uh, I can't tell if it was fast or slow. Like I can't, I can't tell yeah. if it was. This one was like, fast to me. Did it? Yeah, this like it seemed like it ended at an appropriate time, but it, it seemed like it took a. It was a long hour to get there. I guess. No, it seemed to me it was like I would look at the clock and it would be farther along than I thought it was. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, because awesome. there's a lot. There's some heavy scenes. Um, you know the montages and stuff. There was some filler too, but it was cool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what did you guys think? Make sure to give us your comments, uh, suggestions, theories, all that good stuff on Facebook, Twitter, and at our webpage, www.itsallgoodman.com. Make sure to check out Dave and I at Nothing Important Podcast at nothingimportantpodcast.com. Uh, please keep telling uh, your friends about the show. Keep sharing the show. Keep participating. Uh, make sure to try and win those t-shirts. I got a whole box of them folks and it's totally worth it to me to send it out to you. Just remember they're only size large and I'm only going to send them out to the U S unless Dave wants to send them out of his pocket. Do you want to do that, Dave? Leave us an iTunes review too, because we want, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) because your participation helps drive us up the charts. And then if we get up more in the charts, then we get more free swag to give away to you guys. And we really like doing that. We honestly like being able to do that for you guys so help out yeah help yourselves out help everybody out leave us some itunes reviews rate us tell your friends tweet it no excellent 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 point by dave yeah make sure that you're reviewing us on itunes please try to give us five stars because we're awesome like that the more notoriety we get the more uh the more cast members we can get the more swag we can get to hand out to you it's all one big ecosystem folks you guys have given us a lot of opportunities and we totally appreciate that and we just ask that you keep it up and we'll keep trying to bring the cool awesome stuff for you right dave yeah it's just remember it's not about us we are just the medium through which genius flows Oh, that's the most pompous thing you've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> so funny, though. All right, guys. Well, make sure to hit us up. Let us know what you're thinking. Nelly, say bye, everybody. Bye. Dave? Call us idiots, call us geniuses, whatever. Just call us. <laughs> <laughs>